Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, United States of America. And good morning, the world. How's everybody doing today? I trust everybody is doing fine. You know why? Because we are going to make it. So first of all, another big thank you to the entire to the entire world, actually, that made it happen for us in our short fund drive. We made it a little bit over what we needed to do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We live another few days. We live another few weeks. So thank you guys for uh, supporting the stations. Thank you for making sure that we do what we need to do. Don't forget, you can always continue to support us through in, uh, not, even when we're not on fun drive. And why? Because that makes our fun drives shorter and that makes the amount we have to raise at that one time lesser as well. So don't forget, always, always open is that website, kpft.org with that donate button, as well as 713-526-5738, extension one to donate. Anyway, let's throw it back to the control room to our two resident geniuses. How are my people doing? I haven't seen any geniuses around here. Just a couple of old guys in the radio equipment. Hey, we're doing pretty good. You know, you mentioned something very interesting here, Egberto, about our fund drive. Yes. When you yes. continue to fund KPFT, even not in fund drive, if you send a donation in, that shortens the fund drives. I mean, yes. nobody likes to sit up here and say, oh, we need money. Oh, my God, where's the money? <laughs> we hate that. You hate it. I hate it. Listeners hate it. So if you become a sustainer and we get enough sustainers, we might do away with all the fund drives. We yes. won't as we have money coming in. Yes. To absolutely. Bring you shows like to bring you shows like uh, Politics Done Right, which you know the world would not be right without this show. Hey. So we absolutely have to say that. Uh Captain Jack is uh, in the control room and he's uh he's actually running the show today. I'm just sitting here watching him and he has some wisdom for us. Well, let's we can't do without the brother's wisdom. So give us that wisdom, my dear. Jacques. Okay. Okay, good morning, Egberto. Good morning, sir. Yeah, uh you know, this is about a little bit of personal responsibility. Uh two things define you. Your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. And that was from Aman Ali. Oh, I love that. I had everything, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> but yeah, you know when what? You don't have much. <laughs> Yeah, but that is that's a great thought because you know that puts some onus on those people who I don't want to say lucky to have gotten though uh, quite a few are lucky to have gotten, but you know um, you know there's another thing and I I don't know if it's I think this one is in the Bible uh, that says something for those who have given or received uh, I don't remember the phrase but it means who have received much you are responsible for giving back so much you know which is something that I believe in wholeheartedly. So I love that, Jack. I love that. I love that. I love that. Anyway, folks, the title of the show today is Cover Election as if last. Also, Oliver Anthony messages MAGA. Oliver Anthony is that guy. Well, we'll talk about it. And then Michael Steele on Trump. It is time for journalists to cover 
election 2024 as if it could be our last I'm, I'm not being uh, I'm not being overblowing anything there because there's something happening to the psyche of America that we have to be cognizant of. Yesterday, um, we sort of discussed some of this on this uh, uh, you talk with Steve Hunter that I think uh, if you can get go to the archive and listen to some of that as well. It uh, you know uh, it's something we've got to take seriously. Then uh, we have Oliver has a message for MAGA politicians, and it turns out that Oliver gets it. I mean, a lot of people have been hating on Oliver uh, Anthony, this singer who spoke about, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he had a, a song out there that talked about Richmond north of, of uh, uh, Richmond, north of Richmond, which is, you know, Richmond, Virginia, talking about people in D.C., etc. And the and also he kind of hit welfare eaten and, and that really drove progressives Berserk. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get an interview with the guy, but I he haven't yet responded to me. But I mean, it drove progressives crazy because it was like, look at who the hell this guy think he is to be putting down things the way he put down. And to which I said, yeah, the guy has some a few a few items. I think he may be a bit confused on, but I understood quite well the sentiment of Oliver. Anthony. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And Michael Steele, you know, he has some choice words. You know, how comes a guy that's uh, indicted four times have a parade of police officers motorcycling him for a 20 minute arraign, not arraignment, but uh, turning himself in and posting bond? You have to ask yourself, where are we? You know, in Spanish, we talk about estamos trastornados. We are like, it's all reverse. It's all like, what is really happening here? And it's something we better be cognizant of. And I think the media continues to do a lousy job. They're not, they're not holding, they're, they're, they're challenging Trump a bit more. But what they're not doing is they're not challenging the minds of the people who they are serving and listening to. They're still treating the people like that they're they're that listens to them as just protagonists in a very unhealthy play. And I think we have to get away from that and start doing what the, th the fourth estate is supposed to be doing. And that is informing people and to some extent educating people on on how things really are. And it's just not being done. And in so doing, uh, we could reap a terrible reality in 2025, meaning after the 2024 election. So we better be careful. And again, that's where the work of uh, Pacifica here at KPFT and other places is going to be extremely important to do our best, our little part in informing and in keeping people up to speed. Anyhow, folks, you can listen to us, of course, uh, those of you that are listening right now, 90.1 FM, but there are a lot of other ways to listen to us, and that is with the TuneIn app. Go to the Android store or the Apple store and download the TuneIn app. 
and tune into KPFT. You can find it by just searching for KPFT. Alternatively, you can go to our website, kpft.org, kpft.org, and just go ahead and click on that listen button and you're listening to us live. You can also go to facebook.com slash KPFT Houston and watch the program, including the videos that we always prepare for you. kpft.org or rather facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. Alternatively, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Go to politicsunright.tv, politicsunright.tv, and you can listen to all our podcasts as well as the in, the, the intros, outros, uh, the, the captions, clips, everything at politicsunright.com slash podcasts. And of course, of course, of course, because this is your show. I repeat, because this is your show. If we and you call in and change the subject, you call in and we're talking and we don't get to the entire plan for the show that I prepare every night, you can always go to all the videos, links, etc. what the show is about at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Anyhow, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, you can call in at every time. All our two, our two videos today are short, so it's not going to be a long interview or anything like we had in the last few days. So you can start calling right now, 713-526-5738, extension number two, and you'll be online. You'll be live right away, 713-526-5738, extension number two. Remember as well, ladies, 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 people who haven't called, people who haven't called, people who haven't called. Now, those ladies and anybody who haven't called, please Please, this is your show. We want to grow the show to make sure that we are hearing the full the, the, the full points of view of those that are listening. I mean, there are times that you may say, I don't believe in that. I, but you know what? We want you to call in, say your piece. And in as much as I am a very progressive person, I very much respect the entire spectrum. And I want to hear from the other spectrum because we're all in this pot together. 713-526-5738, extension number two, and you will be on air right away. This is your program. Let's remember that. Anyhow, Oliver, Oliver Anthony, you know, um, the right wing ran with him. There's a particular, uh, a, a, a particular listener to my show. He's here every day. Love the guy. He's a, a right wing guy uh, from here in Kingwood, and he watches the show often. And he kept on pointing out, listen to Oliver uh, Anthony. And I'm always kind of dubious because many times. When this brother comes with his um, suggestions, it's usually suggestions that he picks up off of uh, uh, some right-wing site that pretty much is dubious and never gives you truthful information, but twisted information. So he was like, you need to listen to Oliver Anthony, what he has to say. And I kind of said, I'll listen to it. I'll listen when I get some time. And uh, one of our other progressive listeners sent me the text of <clears throat> he sent me the text of what Oliver was singing and I was like huh that sounds interesting 
why is the right wing going with something with a guy complaining about the status of our lives right now, the status of probably 80% of Americans? Well, under Biden, a lot more people got out, out of poverty and saw a little bit more light. So it may be about 65% of people now that are living paycheck to paycheck that, you know, uh, that are having issues. Why would, why would he be sending me this? So, uh, on a few days ago, I decided to go to this guy's YouTube channel and not only listen to the song that the right wing was crazing about, and the reason the right wing went for that song is because it had something to say about welfare and people fat and eaten, obese and eaten, so, you know, the, the stereotype. And, you know, when I read that part, it was sort of a turnoff because it was like a stereotype that was trying to equate something negative with poor people, right? But I kept on listening and then I listened to a couple of his songs and I'm like, you know, uh, this guy, why do I spend the time listening to this guy? And I'm like, because it, for number one, everybody matters. But number two, he reflected the feelings he reflected what a lot of people are meant to feel. Not necessarily that it is right, but that is what they feel. And the interesting thing about it, well, I tell you what, let me go ahead and play the clip that I prepared uh, and then we'll move from there. Before I play that clip, I better make sure that I have it all queued up correctly. And it seems like I do. So what I'm going to do is play that clip and then We'll take it on the other side. The right wing was under the impression that uh, Oliver Anthony wrote that song uh, about the, the what the people are going through as if it was going to be the national anthem for the right wing, right? Because, I mean, they just listened to a few words. You know, that part that says welfare and getting fat and, you know, the stereotype on welfare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, it turns out that he is likely severely disappointing those on the right because, you know, it, it turns out that he had a few words to say. And one of them he said was, I wrote that song about those people, you know, so for them to have to sit there and listen uh, to that cracks me up. He also says, that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, you know. It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden. That song was written about the people on that stage, meaning the Republican Party stage, and a lot more too, not just them, but definitely them, he said. Though it remains to be seen if Republican politicians will get the message, the song does not does have one fan on the other side of the aisle, Democratic candidate Robert F. Kennedy. But I mean, here's the deal. The whole deal about the song is that when I listened to the song the first time and I saw the words, it's like, well, you know what? If he's singing that as an ode to the right, but looking at their policies and what he's complaining about, the guy better be a, he should be a progressive. He's just voting wrong. And in effect, if you listen to the words that he said, he doesn't want to get political. And in fact, he said, I'm right down the middle, really. Anytime you hear somebody say they're down the middle, they're really left, really not wanting to say what they really stand for. But listen, look at his history, look at his background, look at the difficulties he's had in life. You know, a 30-year-old with these kinds of difficulties. 
I want you to listen to the follow-up that he has, and then we'll finish on the other side. I never used to wake up feeling this way. Just know I didn't used to wake up feeling this way. Cussing myself every damn day. Cussing myself every damn day. Always some kind of bill to pay. Always some kind of bill to pay. People just doing what the rich man says. People just doing what the rich man says. And that is the sentiment of probably 75% of Americans. Just what he said there. The problem is they just don't know what to do. They just figure that these rich guys, they're going to get what they want every time they want whatever they want. So to Mr. Anthony, uh, Oliver Anthony, let me tell you something, brother. Uh, Look, you in your Little your your voice represent quite a bit of what folks are saying. If we could get all the people who know what the problems are to really start looking at who has the solution, then things will be okay. So maybe as opposed to being a political, just like you kind of meandered in politics a bit in this interview, brother, go ahead and get real political and say who is really, where the genesis of the problem is, who are really causal. Just saying rich people is not enough. We need to actually go to the causal nature of policy. Absolutely so, absolutely so. So, I mean, when I listened to that again, and, you know, I I listened to the song, and he had another uh, song that he came out with um, that, uh, again, he he writes all the songs. And, uh, you know, apparently somebody offered him quite a few million dollars, and he backed out of it, or not, but he he, he chose not to take it because he wants that freedom to do what he's doing. Again, the reason, look, the guy, the, the guy is, uh, is, you know, just your average regular folk singer or whatever, maybe country blue. I, I, I don't even know his style exactly, but um, the sentiment of the words matter. Gonzalo, come on in, my brother. Mano mio, cómo estás esta mañana? Good morning, buenos días. Bueno, buenos días, today? hermano. Háblame, 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 hermano. Okay, the more I listen to both sides of a story, uh, Democrats and and Republicans, the more more I sit on the fence. You Mm -hmm. know, to me, it's like two Netflix series. One goes one direction and the other one goes in another and the other one. And, Mm -hmm. of course, we are not going to see the bad guy either in prison or the other one being judged. So... Bottom line, I think this is the more boring uh, uh, election ever. Uh, and I wish it, com- it comes back the time when Obama won the presidency because he was fresh blood in the political arena. He brought a new hope for uh, people, especially for black people. And I don't think this is the time in which we're going to have another Obama. So all in all, to me, it's a very boring scenario in which we're going to see the same faces and uh, they are just throwing mud to each other and we are just watching. Gonzalo, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's how a very large percentage of the people feel right now just like you feel 
the thing about it is, and I'm going to cover that on, on the, the next subject. <coughs> I will be covering that on the next subject. And it's important because uh, you notice I said one of the subjects is um, why journalists need to cover this election as it's our last. The biggest problem that our electoral system, one of the biggest problems that is, is apathy, right? Just like you, and I, I truly understand your sentiment. Even when we talk about Obama, I, you know, I love what Obama uh, represented when he was running, etc. But when Obama went into offices, and in, in as much as we got uh, a, a lot of a, a slight nudge of the juggernaut, a slight nudge to uh, to get some progressive things done, many one one has to admit the reality that. He just, I mean, maybe he had to just coalesce into the establishment that you're talking about. You see how you mentioned when you just started this this call where you were sitting on the fence, right? When I hear somebody say sitting on the fence, I hear somebody saying, we're kind of see where the wind is blowing. And this I'm not saying from a negative perspective. I'm saying this from an understanding perspective. If you're if you're voting for if if people are asking for your vote and they give you your vote and somehow you don't get things done that makes their lives better, albeit look, uh, uh, Biden has made the lives of millions better, right? But there is so much more better that we need that to the people that enough better wasn't given to. They sit down and they don't feel it, right? And then we have the other side of the aisle, the uh, the, the the right wing. They're they're telling you and showing you the same problems that you have, and giving you the semblance of having a solution. I mean, you know what irks me the most is when Vivek would go on stage and say, "Donald Trump was the best president of this century." Meaning better than Bush, better than Obama. That's what he, he, he really means. And you sit back and you ask no. yourself, go ahead. He was not. So I know. I, agree with that I know, but the thing about it is, remember what I said that one of the subject was going to be was, we need to treat this election like the last and the media is still failing us. Uh, Vivek says that, and 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 it, but... It is a constancy of people going on TV and saying that uh, maybe you don't like Donald Trump, but his policies were good or his policies helped the economy or whatever. And there's nobody reminding everybody that uh, that what what Trump was living on was the the you know the continuation of what. Obama had done uh, the, the, the lift in the economy, longest lift in the economy under the Obama administration. And if you take a look at the real economics of what occurred, he did nothing more than what uh, uh, Haley said. And when she said, uh, if you want to look at who, is bl- who has blown up the budget, look at Republicans. Haley said it. The former governor of North Carolina and and and. Republican presidential candidate. She, I couldn't believe she said that on air, but it was true. Republicans have blown the budget more than Democrat has for sure. And sec- and that is because they want to spend, but they don't want to tax. Uh, re- Democrats spend and tax. But here's the other part that she said. 
we always talk about earmarks. Earmarks are, are pieces of uh, monies given to different Congress people for their district for special things or whatever, right? She pointed out, hey, $2 billion for Democrats and $13 billion for Republicans. So all the things that they speak about, it's projection because and, – and, and Haley, what's her uh, – Haley comes out and she says it on stage in a Republican debate. And the media didn't run with it. Finally, a, a Republican politician has told the truth. And Americans still think Republicans are the party of fiscal responsibility. And look, I, 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 am, I don't want to come out superbly defending establishment Democrats because I don't defend them either. The only folks that, need, that we need to solve our problems right now because it's the policies Americans need and say that they want are progressives. And until we are able to sell that because it is true, we will always have a problem. So uh, let me just tell you, my brother Gonzalo, um, you don't need to be on the fence. You are an educated man. Tu eres educado. You know your stuff, Gonzalo. You're, so you don't need to. Let me give you the, my perspective about uh, what uh, Nikki Haley uh, taught us. Uh, I yes. think uh, Trump uh, took advantage of the synergy of the uh, economy at the time Obama left the power, mm-hmm. and he just threw it, giving uh, the tax break to his fellows. And right. His fellows, his fellows were. Uh, to me, they are not only on one side; they are on both sides. So, you know what I mean. And, yes, uh, I, I know. Of course, probably I'm wrong, but I uh, know. Ex- Gonzalo, estás correcto, and you're correct. Let me just tell you something else. All right, you take a look at right here in our in our um, city. I got a message. Last night, I haven't read it completely, showing that our own mayor, right, a Democratic mayor, and, and, and folks don't take this at face value because I don't have all my research on it, but according to, and this is a reputable politician or activist that sent me the, the tweet last night, late last night, is actually supporting a particular candidate conservative candidate where two where one progressive is running in the race that tells you something it tells you something it's not about us it's about the machine and the machine isn't democrat or republican it's the machine i flee a machine that was running only on one side Patria o muerte. Así, hermano. Así, hermano. And I said, if that comes the time in which I need to flee, I have a plan B. Uh, So I'm just watching. That's why I say I sit on the fence. I got you. And I I just sit in the fence. I got you. I I got you, Gonzalo. Gonzalo, you keep listening, you keep watching my brother, and we we will all work with folks so that we all make the right decisions, brother. Anything else you have to say before I go to Johnny? 
Well, I think you need to run for uh, some position. So oh, no. <laughs> Muchísimas gracias, hermano. Tenga buen día. You have a wonderful day, my brother. Have a nice one. Bye-bye. All right. All right. My brother, the mayor of Politics and Right is calling in. Johnny, come on in, sir. Morning to my brother from another mother. Hey, Kai. Magic Jack and Captain Reynolds rap. <laughs> <laughs> those are their names. Remember them. I love it. I love it. Those are the two great guys of KPFT sitting in that control room, my brother. Talk to me, uh, Johnny. Suddenly, suddenly, Johnny is disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I still see him on. <laughs> I, I think that Johnny has been disconnected from reality here. Oh, we great minds think alike. <laughs> anyway, uh, you said that uh, it was something like it was amazing that uh, uh, Nikki Haley said what she said, and I have to disagree for the simple fact that she was able to do that. It's politically correct for her to do that. And she is a creature of political correctness, as all Republicans are. Why do I say that? Because you and I had a conversation not more than a few weeks ago about the fat man from New Jersey. You know, the one who yes. Donald Trump likes to make fun of at the yes. bar? Yes. Food bar? Okay. Uh, Chris Christie, or Chris Crispy, as Donald might say, <laughs> he's the one who not too long ago, in front of that assemblage of Republican Party voters, told them an incomplete reality. He was not totally truthful. He gave part truth. He was projecting also, just like you said. He told his voters that Donald Trump increased the so-called uh, 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 federal deficit by, what, what was it, 13 trillion? trillion. Yeah. Some crazy number. But he didn't tell them how. It's it's not in their DNA to be totally honest and truthful, right. especially if they're going to admit to a national audience that the way Donald Trump did it was by uh, giving a humongous tax break, income tax break, to the ultra-wealthy. Nikki Haley, I don't recall her saying that either. They so, can't say that. They cannot say that. Because it, what it is, it, it turns out it is really theft, Right. And I, I, if you hear me talk about legalized theft and that sort of thing, that's that's what you call legalized theft because it is taking it out of the pocket. You know, people may say, "Oh, they didn't really, they they didn't really take it away from us because it was deficit spending." But who pays for deficit spending again? We do. So uh, we we are whenever we have deficit spending, that is extra money that goes on to uh, the budget. Or, or the debt that we pay for in interest, and those are people making free money. So they get they get money three times. They get money whenever the tax cut occurs. They get money from the bond, the payments that we're making on the bonds every every month. That they you know every ticket that they get that free money. It's like they get that money on the bond. And thirdly, they get money from the appreciation they normally get from the tax break that they get. It's a it's a hell of a deal if you can get it and you know what they get it um but we people don't understand these concepts that's what we're here for they don't understand these concepts and in telling them that 
we can open their minds to it. But hold on a second, Jenny. I want to invite more people to call in. 713-526-5738, extension number two. You will be on air right away. 713-526-5738, extension number two. I'd love to hear the perspective of women as well. We are very male-centric when it comes to calls, but when it comes to our podcast listeners, we are female-centric. I would love to hear more women calling in and expressing themselves. So if you are a woman, by the way, guys, I love you too. So call in as well. I I want you to call in too, but women, please call in and give a perspective. Generally speaking, we get a much more complete perspective that way. And I want to welcome Kavya Kumari, who is uh, uh, visiting as well as Eric Hayes, who is on the screen with us as well. Uh, Continue, Johnny. Yes, sir. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. So women dominate on the podcast uh, uh, venue. Yes. The guys, which I <laughs> I can't disagree with you, seem to dominate on the uh, AM traditional yes. uh, radio spectrum. Anyway, about Barack Obama, I wanted, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other theoretical white guys like me, who was wanting so desperately to see Barack Obama be a kind of Chris Rock, unapologetic black man president. Although I understand, I'm a pragmatic, I understand why why Barack Obama was kissing the kissing the ass all the time for the Republicans with his shorts down and uh, inviting Republicans into the woods to have a beer with him with bottle rockets in one hand and a jar of open Vaseline in the other. And then he gets screwed, if you know what I mean. And we all get screwed as a result. We wanted him to be a, a Chris Rock president, and we didn't get that. Instead, we got another centrist Democrat. And this is the problem why I keep saying we need the help of people on the other side of the aisle, voters uh, who vote for Republicans all the time. We need their help. We can't do this by ourselves while we try to figure out how to dislodge, persuade, trick, whatever, the centrist party leaders to step aside to make room for the young progressives who love their country and who embrace progressive policies and the American working class who don't issue, I mean, who do issue corporate dark and pack money. We need the people on the other side of the aisle to help us with that by Amen. challenging Republican Party voters out in the open, in public. I, we don't do that in time. We're done. I agree with that. And and let me just say one thing. First of all, Barack Obama couldn't have done that. Uh, number one, I think he would have been killed, number one. Number two, if the, if the passive Obama got the response that he got from the right and to some extent from the uh, establishment, think about, because don't forget that a lot of what Obama didn't accomplish had very little to do with Republicans. It had mostly to do with Democrats. I try to explain that to people often. A lot of people like, well, Obama could have done a whole lot more of the Democrats um, if the Republicans had had uh, helped him out some more. The truth of the matter is for some time, not a long time, Obama had a veto-proof Senate as well as a large majority in the House. They just uh, that just proved to us that there is an establishment wing of a party 
that is no more than what I called Republican light or conservative light or whatever you want to call that. So I think it's important for us to understand those kinds of concepts. He couldn't have done better. Now, I love what you said, Johnny. I, you, don't, you would not imagine how much I love what you said when you said we have to talk to our Republican brothers and sisters and say, hey, let's do something for us all. And doing something, in other words, get away from the, get away from those fangs of the, of the politicians and let's work together and do something together that serve us all. And you know what? Like I've already spoken about, most of us, over 70, 80% of Americans, they want the same damn thing. Take the ideological stuff out, Johnny, and you'd be surprised of how much we would vote together on things like child care support, uh, things like uh, things like uh, uh, health care, all these things that we share in common that we're pissed at, that we know we can solve if we'll just work together. Can I Go I ahead, John. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You just mentioned health care. So here's a way of proving to the other side that I mean what I say and I say what I mean. When you and I and others on our side of the aisle advocate for expanded and improved single-payer style Medicare for all, mm -hmm. in other words, universal health care, it, 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 this benefits everybody. Mm -hmm. It benefits me. It, it benefits my next-door Republican neighbors. We all benefit. Right. When we advocate these progressive policies. We're not doing this for just liberals. This is for it, them, too. Exactly. And we're not saying that everyone must pay their taxes. We're saying the ultra-wealthy don't pay their taxes. Exactly. We're not going to accomplish this. We're going to say the people at the very top who don't want to pay a goddamn penny in taxes, they need to start forking up, or they can go to prison for all I care. They can go to Guantanamo with no supper if I'm in charge. Absolutely, so, Johnny. Johnny, I got another call that I need to jump to, so I want to thank you for calling Mr. Mayor. And we'll talk tomorrow, all right? And, and don't forget, theoretical white guy. Listen, I am not going to call you a theoretical white guy. I'm going to call you my, one of my favorite human beings. You take care, my brother. Well, y'all, I am theory and white guy because there is no such thing as a white guy. I know. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I said my, 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 my white, my, my, my uh, brother. We talk later. Let's go to Peter. Come on in, Peter. Thank you so Peter. much, Egberto. Yeah, this is Peter. I'm calling you from up on the north side here in Houston, and you hear the soundbite of the artist talking about uh, the rich man's keeping us down. Like, you know, maybe he doesn't realize, but he's actually talking about Republicans because I'm running for Congress in U.S. House District Two. That's exactly what Dan Crenshaw does. He, you talk about earmarks, Egberto, and that's exactly what he's doing. So there's 43 million dollars of appropriations for culverts and concrete basically but that's not what i'm all about i'm about bringing money to the people so you know so so exactly the antithesis of that like but by the way good morning and so much uh, thank you so much for having me on well look it look at uh, we 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 want to make sure everybody has their their say like i said this program belongs to all of you and look at yeah look crenshaw and all these guys you know, they, they talk as if they really support the American uh, people, right? But when it comes to providing the policies that actually assist them, uh, you are here, uh, you are trying to represent Kingwood 
and Clear Lake and a few other places in your district right now. And the truth of the matter is, if you take a look at this district, uh, this is this is a district that I like to say suffer in silence. Uh, recently, there was a woman here in Kingwood who died in child's birth. There was a woman here in Kingwood who got such a bad infection in King in, in uh she she lost I mean I I, I can name you stories. The, and these are the same people that uh that uh will support a Crenshaw not realizing that a Crenshaw does not support assistance to all medic uh as uh healthcare for all. So, I mean, we have to be honest about who we look right. at and who we elect. So if you are a, a, if you are a politician, speaking about you, Peter, if you are a politician, it is incumbent on you not to sit on your laurels, but to go out there and not just speak to a whole bunch of Democrats, but speak to a whole bunch of everybody and get in their faces and let them know what you are going to do for them what you are going to do with the power they give you to do for them and that is what you know if we had more politicians doing that i think people would listen and people would be fine but you got to get in their faces you can't be saying this you you have to get into their faces and when i say that i mean pleasantly of course of course that's that's what i'm planning to do and thank you so much for that well look well Well, no problem, Peter. I hope to see you on the trail. I hope to give you a a a, tr- a real complete interview where you can actually say what you want to do for District 2. And again, of course, uh, Crenshaw is welcome as well. I doubt he'll take it, but he's always welcome as well. Thank you very much, Peter. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Brother Tag. Come on in, Tag. Morning, Alberto. How are you? I'm fine. Talk to me. Um, yesterday, you guys were having a conversation on Utah about the results, what happened with the Trump presidency. What, what the, how did that, how did that question go? Do you remember? Well, no, I do remember. I mean, um, the, the thing about it was, 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 uh, is it really, ex- I, I don't remember the, the question in, in detail, but the basic tenet of the question was, do, it's could it's sort of what I'm talking about today. Could this be the last election? It, why is it that uh, Trump has the hold that he has? I don't quite remember the, the question it, itself, but it's sort of what I'm uh, uh, one of the topics that I have for today. Yeah, well, that's that's what I wanted to comment on. Um, for me, it seems that the the Trump presidency normalized uh, violence in a, in a lot of ways. And especially political violence, and especially uh, racial violence, and at the same time, he helped to pump up people's anger about things. And and together, those three really have some bad omens for our society. And and as long as people are going to follow that type of philosophy, um, there's not good things coming down the pike for for our our uh, American citizens. It, it's because because all of a sudden you got a bunch of people that think they're correct to be um, to be violent, yeah. or or politically uh, motivated. And um, you know, over the uh, duration of this country, the pendulum has swung back and forth 
uh, uh, especially politically, and and then there is incremental change, and and without that swing of the pendulum, we don't get any advancement in this country, and and so if the pendulum's swinging against your philosophy, you can't be violent about it. You know, you what you got to do is moderate your views, and then and then and then start bringing the pendulum back your way, and. And I think it's a big problem when, when we had some uh, president talking all this violent uh, rhetoric that we had. And that's, that's why the, the, the first reason I wouldn't vote for the guy, if, he, if, he's, if he's talking about being able to shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not losing any votes, that's not a guy that I want president. I'm sorry. Exactly. And Tag, I would, Tag, you nailed it. You nailed it. And the thing about it is most people don't want violence, but enough, but it doesn't take a lot of people to effect violence. I mean, uh, you're right about that. And I think what we have to do, again, I always talk about, and you'll hear me say this on my three o'clock show a lot. Uh, because on my three o'clock show, we have a lot of conservatives in, uh, in, 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 in the room with us as we're having the program. And the one thing I always say is, you know what? It's amazing. If we're talking, we're not shooting at each other. If we're talking, we're at least, if we're talking and listening. If we're talking and listening, then, you know, that is where minds change. And we can't do it on the Trump level. We have to do it on the grassroots level. We have to do it at the coffee shop, the grocery store and everything. And what I try to do as an individual, as an individual, I engage with everybody and I get I, I, I temper myself to make sure that I uh, even when people are saying things that would normally blow one's top, I try to listen and exchange but uh tag i gotta run to cliff now and i i want to cover one other thing before i close the show down so um let's talk tomorrow thank you brother you too sir let's go ahead and speak to cliff come on in cliff how are you doing this morning wonderful how are you i'm fine talk to me my brother yeah okay what i want to speak to uh, about the speculation that goes that goes on in this politics, mm-hmm. you know, what goes on what goes on at the bottom is a reflection of what goes on at the top, mm-hmm. and that's corruption, corruption, corruption. You know, uh, the, the, the 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 best, the easiest way to control a mass of people is to make them think they're part of what's going on in this country. So we're going to let y'all vote. You know? Yeah. What would you say? Go ahead. No, I'm saying I, I I understand the exact concept that you're talking about. In other words, we are giving people the semblance of being a part of something. That's why Trump it can take off the way he has because they think there's something good or great that they're they're a part of. It's their tribe. It's their and you know uh, on the other side it's the same, right? But there's a righteous side and there's a non-righteous side. And 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 the thing about it is, go ahead, go ahead, sir. You you, you said it. They they both the same. One make they make you think they like you. The other one say show you that they don't. But either one of them care for you, you know. And and as far as Trump, see what 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 we don't realize: Trump don't run nothing. You got to understand. Every president is given an agenda to carry out. You ask yourself, well, who do Trump work for? 
It's not the people. You know, it's these wealthy, wealthy, wealthy individuals in this, I ain't going to say in this country, in the world. Cliff, Cliff, I I want to agree with you as like if I could agree with you more than 100%. I would, because you nailed it. Remember, I don't know if you how if you were listening to me earlier when I spoke about Obama when he got into office, how things change. Because you nailed it. The truth of the matter is, there there's a president, and then there is the presidency, and the presidency has its own gravity, and that is the issue, and that's what you just nailed. Now, let me tell you what I know is the solution to that. Uh, we Remember you said w- w- making you feel like you're a part of something, the vote. When you vote, you feel like you have a stake in it, right? The truth of the matter is you do have a stake in it when you vote. But uh, when you vote and elect people, if you vote for them just because they're Republican or vote for them just because they're Democrat, and you don't hold them accountable, and I know you hear that all the time, but the truth of the matter is we don't hold them accountable. Crenshaw is still a representative of number two. We still have a lot of people that we vote for doing things that we don't want them to do or we know they shouldn't do, and we still reelect them. So what we have to do, in my humble opinion, Cliff, is to make sure that they know that if they don't do what most of us want them to do, they will be disempowered. And that is where we can truly make our vote matter. So what I'm saying to you is the following. Uh, Look, first of all, we need to create allies among all people. In other words, I don't need you to like me, Cliff, right? I really don't need you to like me. What I need you to do is for us to work in both of our interests. And you know one thing, I I don't know you, Cliff, but there's one thing that I know, Cliff, you and I have a lot of interests in common. And if we work towards those, more than likely, eventually we'll like each other. But if we work for the interests that we have in common, we will actually get the things that we want and need. Your thoughts? Let me say let me say this one thing before I go. And people, please, please hear this and and and, and think about it. If you remember the hanging chads, yes. If you think that there's no corruption in the voting systems, <laughs> people can tell they can they, they can tell you anything. If you don't believe that, still go on the hanging chads. What 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 make you think? Think about it. Why all the Republicans uh, 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 in your in your state are over all the the you know like here in in, in Texas down in Austin? It's the Republicans. They 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 the, they the leaders. Oh, uh, what over in Florida? The Republicans. You know the main top main states. The Republicans, man, they those people just didn't get that, you know, where where they control the Senate and, and and all. Those that's that corruption that goes on in the voting, where they were able to grab hold to 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 to, to the leadership there and and keep it. 
Now, let me just say, let me just say something, uh, Clip, because I want to strain it. I, I, I don't doubt that there's corruption in, in, in Bowden to some extent, to some small extent. But I, what I want to challenge uh, you on is that what we have is the structure of our politics. Two senators from, from every state. And a state could have 500,000 people. Another state can have 40 million people. They still have two senators. And we can we and and we have an electoral. There's a lot of built-in stuff within our constitution that allows uh, allows a, a, a minority party to hold power, and that is made what it mostly is. But let's let's keep talking, Cliff, and call another time. I appreciate you we giving us a call and being a part of this program. Okay. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. You have a wonderful day. Anyway, folks, uh, 713-526-5738. I, I want to jump. I want to skip the other video. You can go to politicsonright.com slash newsletter to see the other video that I have with, uh, with, with Steele. The one that I want to talk to you about, however, is an article that, I, uh, uh, that came up called Journalists Need to Cover the 2024 Election Like It Might Be the Nation's Last. And it goes as follows. He said, America is entering its most important pivotal year since 1860, and the U.S. media is doing a terrible job explaining what is actually happening. Too many of us with our highfalutin policy degrees and our dog-eared copies of late... Uh, late Richard Ben Kramer's What It Takes are still covering elections like it was a 20th century, as if the old touchstones like debates or a 30-second spot still matter. What we're building toward on November 5, 2024 might have the outward tappings of an election, but it's really a show of force. I want you to remember that. Hey, come on in, Brian. Yes, good morning. Good morning, sir. Talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Why would you think Hitler was not a socialist? Why would I think? Because he wasn't. Uh, uh, let me tell you what a, a socialist is. And first of all, I'm not. I'm talking about just a basic socialist. A basic socialist, by definition, believes in things like this: the people control. The people are the ones who uh, vote together to at a, at a company and decide what's going to happen at a company. A socialist believe. You know, we have to stop mis- mixing socialism with the the type of politics that they try to scare you into thinking here. All right. Uh, another thing that they do is socialize healthcare. Those are the things that make one a socialist. El Senor Hitler was a fascist. It had nothing to do with universal healthcare. It had nothing to do with universal education. It had nothing to do with universal, all these things that take care of people. When you hear the word social, it means people. It doesn't mean anything negative. Now, we try to define it that way because rich people don't want you, Brian, to believe that you should have the things that you work for and deserve. But continue, sir. Okay. You just answered my question and I'll make three easy, uh, actually four easy points on that. Please do. It's called a Volkswagen, Volkswagen, Mm -hmm. the people's car. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. The Autobahn. Mm-hmm. Deficit spending built mm-hmm. the Autobahn. Okay. Okay. He also nationalized all the banks. Okay. He took control from the people mm-hmm. into the, the bank banking system. Okay. He, what did you just say again? You said he took control from the people. Isn't that what you said? He took control from the people. And okay. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. 
that is exactly opposite to what I said, right? You said he took control from the people. I said the people take control. Look at that. We are, t- we, are gr- we are in agreement. You just agreed with me that he's a fascist. No, 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 no. He's not a fascist. You just said it. You just said it. You said he took control away from Trump, the people. Who owned, who owned the bank? Wait who a minute. The, Wait. the people didn't own the bank. The people did not own the banks. Control of the bank. No, no, no. Wait again, sir. Sir, I repeat it again. We got to make sure we're saying it, talking the truth to the people that are listening. The people didn't own the bank. Who owns the bank in the United States? Who owns the bank? Yes. Uh, probably a corporation. Thank and you. They, and you know what? Let me tell you. And whose money is it? And sir, the people own the shares. And who's no? Again, I love that you said that, sir. That is where I ask you so kindly to learn about our banking system, because the people, we the people, I want a nationalized banking system because there's no reason for private entities to control our money supply. Think about it. No, listen. No, no. Wait, listen. Listen to what Brian, 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 Brian. Could you let me explain, please, before uh, so that we can have a conversation? Could you let me explain? Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Brian, who owns the money? Who should own the money, Brian? The people should own the money. Okay, stop there. Okay, stop there. All right. And if I tell you right now, the people who control our money are a bunch of plutocrats who we allow to take advantage. I tell you what, Brian, I, I'm, I only have one minute. We got to finish this conversation. I want to finish it. Can you call in earlier tomorrow? Because it's an important conversation. It's very important. All right, let's talk tomorrow. Anyway, folks, I got to throw, throw it right back to the control room before we get out of here. Well, that was a very mighty, interesting show. Uh, I think it's history will prove that uh, Hitler was a fascist. Yeah. And so was Mussolini. Yes. And Jack has his wisdom here. And Come on in, Jack. There's a lot of fascists here in America, too. So uh, your main problems are an unbalanced court, an economic system that's up to chain, foreign policy that subjugates other countries. That's the problems. Thank you, my brother. Anyway, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. I want to thank Jack and, and Howard for the great job in the in the control room. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.